Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be Judges 16 and 15. Then she said to him, How can you say, I love you? Oh, look at this. She's going for the heart now. How can you say, I love you, when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. Okay, I know this sounds somewhat humorous. Because I heard a laugh and I'm smiling too. (laughs) Maybe we can laugh a little bit about it. But back to the seriousness of this here. The Bible is dead serious when it talks about persistently nagging women. What it does to people. Ray, why did you look at me? I just scanned the room. That's all I did. That's all I did. I'm going to look at ceiling tiles. Nagging women. It vexed him to death. And this is no reflection of my wife here. But I have been forced to do research on contentious women. We've had contentious women in the body of Christ at times before, and I've had to I've had to research what the Bible says about it because it's destructive and it's damaging. And the bottom line is it is ungodly behavior. Proverbs five and three for the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. To the man hearing that, he's going, whoo, yeah. That's what Samson was thinking. But it's dangerous. And so Delilah is really driven to get that big money that she'd been promised, right? And so she nagged Samson so bad that he was so deeply troubled. Now, you remember last Sunday, I mentioned that the Judeans tried to say that they said to Samson, why have you troubled the Philistines? Why have you brought this to the Philistines? Don't you know that they rule over us? Samson, don't you know this is just the way it is? We Israelites are way down here, and the Philistines are way up there, and they just rule over us. That's just how it's supposed to be. Now, stop rocking the boat. That's basically what they told him. And when you submit to oppression like that, because we all have our own oppression today, when you just say, okay, oppression, okay, sin, this is just the way it is, yeah, okay, we'll just go with it. When you give oppression power over your life, you lose discernment. You stop hearing from the Lord the way the Lord tells you to go. When you submit to oppression, you lose discernment, the determination of telling what's right from wrong. All your logic and all your reasoning flies right out the window. Samson doesn't even know well enough to pack up and get away from this woman. He ought to know. Well, how come he's not? Because he gave himself over to oppression. He is weakened by this this sin. He wants it. He wants this prostitute. And when you give yourself over to a sin like that, 
You can't walk around, well, I heard from the Lord. The Lord told me to, wait a minute. What about that sin problem that's dominating your life? Are you sure you're hearing from the Lord? Oh, yeah, I heard that. Test the spirits. Be careful. Samson ought to know to get away from this woman. His desire for self-pleasure has him walking straight into a trap, and it'll do the same for you too. Watch out. Be careful. And so it says that she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. I could say, Samson, get out of there. Leave. He lost his marbles, guys. He's given himself over to sin. That's what sin will do to you. Judges 16, 17. He was vexed to death that he told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. There you go. You did it now. Have you ever been in that spot? Now you really did it. You should have got out a long time ago. You should have not let this have you. You should have got out and repented and left and run to the Lord quickly, but you didn't and you stayed here. Now it's done. You ever been there? I have. Secrets out now. The Philistines were looking for some magic secret, they were thinking. Samson's hair, his hair was not magical. His long hair was the sign of a Nazarite. It was a symbol. It was an outward display of his vow to be set apart, dedicated to the Lord. This ring is made of plastic. It's one of them squishy rings. I can't wear the metal ones. It's a squishy ring. But there's nothing magical about it. I'm dedicated to Anna, my wife, but if some girl wants to talk to me and I take it off, now I'm in trouble. Now I'm doing something wrong. It's not the ring. It's my heart. What's wrong with my heart in the matter? Okay, Samson gave up. He compromised. He said, okay, whatever. I'd rather have my pleasure, my sin. And they found out about his hair. Now he's going to lose the sign of his vow. And so the, the, the long hair was the sign, is the symbol of an outward display of his inner vow. What is your outward display of your inner vow to the Lord look like? A lot of people say, well, I believe in Jesus, but their outward sign is nothing. Their outward sign is, well, I love Jesus, but I live like the devil. That's baloney. It doesn't add up. Guys, I'm just going to tell you, don't jive with the Word of God. So what is your outward vow, your outward sign showing? And he was supposed to be dedicated to the Lord. And for his dedication, he was enabled with great strength by the Spirit of God. Guys, do you want to walk in great strength of the Spirit of God? Then is your inner vow to the Lord being shown outwardly? That's how you will walk in that strength, not just by saying it and then doing other things. So Samson's about to lose his strength here. Judges 16 and 18, when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money. There you go. Whew, that's what I wanted, she's thinking. And brought the money in their hand. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. Bam, there you go. Now you're in it. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. Listen to that. Got a little proud. 
but he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. He's right back where he started. They bound him with, with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. So he's been put to work. He was put to women's work as a grinder. There were women that would take grain and they would grind it. That's typically what a woman did. To take this great man that ripped up gates and carried it 40 miles and beat all these guys up. Now you're being put to women's work. You don't think that's an insult to a man to have to be done that way? You know what the Lord is doing? He's humbling him. I always tell people, isn't it better to just go ahead and bow the knee to the Lord now instead of waiting for him to put you through a process? Did you know that we can just do this now? without letting it get this bad? I'm asking for people, just bow the knee. Get rid of the sins. Walk away from it. Repent. Get out of it. Say, Lord, I'm sorry, and just get down on your knee. You might save yourself a lot of trouble. Samson had a weakness for women. Now he's doing the work of the women. Samson having a weakness with women. That's something I wanted to say real quick. This, by the way, is the same weakness that most guys still have today. I have seen it ruin entire marriages. I've seen it ruin ministries. I studied under pastors in Bible college that got caught in adultery because of their school email that they were sending back to the the woman they were having an affair with, and they would deny it, but they got caught. And right in the middle of our study, they disappeared and had to be taken out. Then you know what happened, the ripple effect from there. It goes through their family. It goes through the wife goes through their church, and they lose it all overnight. And it was very, very sad, very painful. Even knowing what happened to this man, it hurt us, the students. Guys still have this problem, weakness for women, and it causes them to fall into a trap. And it causes fornication that people bring back into the church, that the Bible says don't have none of that in the body of Christ. You cannot. It's not good. And so now look what it's done to Samson. This strong guy that nobody could take down, now he's imprisoned, and he's doing Philistine woman work, and the Philistines gouged his eyes out. I don't know how they did it. Maybe they had a guy that did it with his thumbs, stick. I don't know. Look how bad. I'm not trying to get gory. I'm, saying, I'm trying to indicate what sin will do to you, how damaging it is. It's not fun. Now, one thing you'll notice from here on out is that there is no more mention of Delilah. She didn't come running to the prison. Oh, let Samson out. He's my man. I cared about him. He's, I, I spent time. She took the money and run, guys. She's out of here. She was engaging in sexual immorality with him. Single guys and gals. I know this kind of thing is your ultimate fantasy here. A kind of a desire to have a friend with benefits. But when you shack up with an immoral person, You're letting your weakness get the better of you, and it's going to end up throwing you into some kind of bondage that will hurt you. That's how it goes. I just ran over 99% of single people in America today. I'm sorry. This is the Word of God. I'm not sorry. This is the Word of God. It's going to end up getting you in trouble. People that do this with you do not love you. They do not love you. They don't love you. They will leave you in a heartbeat for the next best thing that shows up, just like Delilah did. 
I see it time and time again. You would think after thousands of years we would have this figured out by now. If you're a Christian, prove it and have discernment. If you burn with lust, guys, marry the girl. Put a ring on her finger and marry the girl. God gives you permission to do that. It's biblical. But don't do like this, like what Samson and Delilah did. Delilah had been nagging at Samson about love. You don't love me. Playing that word. Lying to him. Don't fall for that. Don't be a fool. She didn't love him at all. Invest your time with someone that proves they have a real love for you by refusing to engage in sexual immorality. Oh, Ray, you're talking about rare stuff. Now, don't you want to find a rare woman that will not do this, that puts godliness first? If you settle for a girl that will quickly give you what you want to have, Satan is going to quickly give you what he wants you to have. Big trouble. And Samson's trouble is that now he is a blind slave. And we're never going to hear about Delilah ever again. Judges 16.23, Now the lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their god and to rejoice. And they said, Our god has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. When the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, and the one who multiplied our dead. So it happened, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may perform for us. So they called for Samson from the prison, and he performed for them, and they stationed him between the pillars. Then Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed. Then Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord, God, remember me, I pray, strengthen me, I pray just this once, O God, that I may with one blow... Take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. And his brothers and all his father's household, came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtel in the tomb of his father Manoah. He had judged Israel 20 years. A judge was like a president at the time. He had uh, powers uh, recognized by Israel. Samson wasn't just a guy that went around shaking stuff up. He had uh, somewhat of a political power too. So the Philistine lords had this big party to their god Dagon. These are the same guys that paid Delilah off, by the way. And Dagon is a false god that's been mentioned in the Old Testament before. It was an idol that was smashed before the Ark of the Covenant. So the Lord's dealt with Dagon before, (laughs) this false god. He's already taken him down once, just going to do it again. We don't know what kind of performing Samson did, but whatever it was, it was to mock him. It was to make fun of you, to make fun of him. And, And people will make fun of you for being a believer. And I know you've been through it. And I know they mocked you while you were alone. And you, and it makes it feel all the more worse. Don't worry. God has a plan. And it was through this, though, that Samson was humbled down enough to regain his discernment. Did you notice that? Samson regained his discernment 
enough to finally pray to the Lord like he should have done before he was messing with Delilah. Samson once said with pride, I have killed a thousand men, and he often went against his vow. But now he prayed to the Lord, Lord God. He called out, Lord, O God. Now his discernment is back. Guys, that's what humbling will do to you. And when you get humbled, it doesn't feel good. I made the point about his eyes being gouged out because it had to be tremendously painful. And I know maybe you're going through something very, very painful right now in your life. I don't know what it might be. But guys, this is to get your discernment back. This is to to get your faith back on again. It's to get you to call out to God for things you should have called out to him for for a long time ago. That's the good end of it. James 4 and 6 says, God resists the proud. I have killed a thousand men, but gives grace to the humble. How good is that? In closing now, there's some things we can learn from Samson, even though he's a confusing guy. But he had great potential, didn't he? He had a lot of potential, a lot of strength. But he played around with sin, and it caused him to forget about his vow being dedicated to the Lord. And sin has a blinding impact on us. In Samson's case, it was a literal blindness to show that when you play with sin too much, it's going to cost you more than you're willing to pay for. But perhaps the best lesson we can get out of this is that God would rather forgive than judge. God would rather forgive than judge. Despite all the weaknesses and the mistakes that Samson had made, right at the very, very end, Samson did turn his devotion back to God right before he died. Now, although Samson is confusing, God saw Samson as a man of faith, as a person of faith, and used him to stir up conflict with the Philistines, which would eventually get to the end of the Philistine oppression during Samuel's and David's time a hundred years later. The Philistines would eventually disappear from history, leaving behind only the name Palestine as a memory of their existence. And you know, when it comes to confusing people like Samson, I have to remember that I have sinned, and I have fallen short of the glory of God. And I have also compromised with my devotion to God many times too. And oftentimes those mistakes will cost us a lot. But some of you are thinking here today that you've messed up too much already. You've already blown it too bad to be of any use to the kingdom of God at all. I, I remember what I did, this thing that I have in my past. I just, for some reason, you can't shake it. You can't just let it go. It, 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 you think you, you say you have, but for some reason it's still there, and it has stopped you. It has limited you from doing things that God has called you to do. Just remember how powerful Samson was, not on his own strength, but when the Holy Spirit of God when the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. It's not dependent on you. It's not dependent on what you can do. Yes, I messed up. Yes, I have this big mistake in my life. Okay, let's be forgiven and march on. Colossians 1 and 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful. Do you see that? You can be fruitful, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. Guys, being fruitful and increasing in the knowledge of God run together. Increasing in the knowledge of God and being fruitful goes together. 
peas and carrots. This might, the might comes from God's power, not yours, but don't be foolish playing around with sin. That's where you lose your discernment and your knowledge, like Samson did. Now, Colossians says the prerequisite to receiving this power is for us to increase in our knowledge of God. How much do you read the Bible? How much, I'm talking in your own time, not just, well, I hear you on Sunday, Ray, that's not enough. Do you eat once a week? I hope you're eating Monday through Saturday. If not, you're going to be dead time you get here. You got to keep feeding yourself spiritually all the time. Too many Christians are not reading God's Word. When I was teaching college kids a long time ago, I said, well, you remember that part in the Bible? They said, no. I said, well, you remember this part in the Bible? No. They didn't know. I said, have you ever read the Bible? No. Have you ever read the, the book of John? No. Have you ever read one chapter of the Bible? No. They hadn't read anything. But they're proclaiming a king they don't even know? Knowledge of God comes with hearing God's Word. Builds the faith. Matthew 22 and 29. See, Samson didn't have discernment. I want us to have that. That's what I'm trying to do here. Matthew 22, 29. Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. I want you to have the power of God in your life. We saw what Samson did and how cool it was, okay? And he did great things, but he also messed up a lot. And he, you could see he loses marbles, his discernment. At sometimes then he had to be humbled to get it back. Why not just bow the knee now? But to do that, you've got to know who you're repenting with. You've got to know who you're asking forgiveness from. That comes with getting knowledge of the Lord, and that comes with hearing the Word of God. If you don't know the Scriptures, you do not know God. I will say that again because some people argue that. If you don't know the Scriptures, you don't know God. Well, I'm saved. If you don't know the Scriptures, you don't know God. Samson is not the only one that has known power from God you can too. And as incredible as it was for him to carry that gate as far as he did, for the reason he did, God is waiting to unleash power in your life to do things you never thought you could do either. That's why it's important to be in the body of Christ, where there is many, where it's harder to break. And hearing the word preached, hearing it, reading it, as well as being devoted in your own Bible study. You do that. You will know the Word of God. You will know the power of God. And you can walk with discernment to do great things with the power of God in your life. And you'll be able to more easily determine sin from goodness. And you can get away from that sin. Don't be enticed. I gave you the formula to walk in God's power. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for all those who have come. Lord, we call upon your power, Lord God. We have studied your Word. We know a little more now than what we did. We have studied your word, and that's where your power will come. And Holy Spirit of God, enable us to do things as we vow ourselves to be holy unto you. That means when sin comes and presents itself, that we are not enticed. Lord, I ask you to give everybody here discernment over their lives, to know what to do about those problems they're dealing with, whatever they are. Lord, we got a good example out of Samson today that I'm thankful that even though I messed up, even though I've done dumb things, sinful things, you can still use me. Lord God, I want to bow the knee right now and declare you Lord and say, forgive me of my sins. I messed up.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.